As they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, Take this and eat it, for this is my body. And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and said, Each of you drink from it, for this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. Well, good morning, church. Can we praise God once again for seeing Hannah and me accept Jesus as Lord this morning? What a great way to start the day and to start our time uh, together in this place. If, if you're with us today for the first time, uh, or the first time in a long time, or if you've been visiting lately trying to check us out and see what we're all about, I want to say welcome. Uh, we are really glad that you are here. Today is going to be a little different than what happens on a typical Sunday. Not that different, but a little different. So I wanted to give you that heads up, but also just to invite you back uh, next week and even the next week especially um, as we approach Easter. would love for you to come and to worship with us uh, on Easter Sunday as we celebrate what we believe, that Jesus is alive and that we can see him. Uh, that, that's what we're talking about in these weeks, these days leading up to Easter, that that we can see Jesus, that he is alive, that he does want us to see his face and follow his lead. This is what we're praying. Jesus, we want to see you. And one of the places that the church throughout history has been able to see Jesus has been in a moment that we practice every week, a spiritual practice that we participate in every week called communion, the Lord's Supper. It's a moment where we as a church gather around a table kind of like this, and we take a moment to remember Jesus, to see him in this moment, to see that he lived and that he died, and to, to tell stories of, of how we've seen Jesus in our lives or in the Word or in, our, in the world around us. This is something that the, the church has done historically uh, for the last, oh, I don't know, 2,000 years. It's something Jesus started himself before he was arrested and later crucified. Uh, this moment where we can come together as a faith family and see Jesus in the bread, in the cup, and even in each other. And it's in this moment when we gather that we see Jesus, we share the story of how we see Jesus at the table. It's a, it's a place where discipleship happens. It's a place where, once again, we gather together and everyone's here around the table and it's our children are here and, and those who are, who are our guests are here who may not even know if they believe what we believe yet, but they're here, and everyone hears again the story, the story we tell of Jesus, the story of this person that we believe is the Son of God, who came from heaven to earth, who lived, who died, and who rose again. It's a story that we tell every week when we gather, and we remember, we remember what happened. And we, remembered what, we remember what's happening in our lives as we gather around this table to see Jesus. But sometimes, I know, it's hard. It's hard to see Jesus even in this moment because our lives are hard. 
Our lives are difficult, they're complicated, they're busy. We get distracted. I know, I know you walk in here like I do today with a million things on your mind. And even in this moment, even for those of us who gather in this moment every single week, sometimes we walk through this moment and, and if we're just being honest, we don't see Jesus. It's not because he's not here, it's because like we're not here, at least not mentally, right? You understand how you can be here but not be here? We, we, we do that with each other, we do that with our family, with our kids sometimes. We do this in the same way with Jesus right here. We gather and he's here, but we're not. We're distracted. Our lives are full. We got more going on that we know what to do with. We got more problems that we know how to solve. And we get to this moment, and so many times we gather to tell stories and to see Jesus, but we can't. The first church, I can imagine, is they gathered in homes and, and they would get around a table and they would share a meal together and they would, they would share the bread and they would share uh, the wine and they would tell stories of Jesus. And I'm sure for them it was a really, really neat moment because some of them had actually physically seen Jesus, right? They were there the day when he healed the blind. Can you imagine? They were there the day. Some of them were there the day when he fed over 5,000 people. And they would sit around a table kind of like this, I'm sure, and it would be filled with food, and there would be bread, and there would be wine, and there would be family, and there would be friends, and they're all gathered around this table, and they start talking about it. I was there the day. My mom was there the day. My uncle he was, over, he was in Capernaum when this happened. Can you believe it? And they would tell, and they would retell the story, and someone would say, I was there the day in Jerusalem when they crucified him. I was there when they mocked him. I was there when they spit on him. I heard him scream. I was there the day when they crucified our Lord. Someone else would say, yeah, but I was there the day Sunday. And these two ladies were running down the street like crazy, trying to get from here to there. And I didn't know what was going on until later, but they were trying to find the disciples because you know what happened that day? That was the day. They were the first ones to announce, to tell the story. But then Jesus rose again. And ever since that day, we've been coming together like this. And I wish today we could just pull the chairs out and set up banquet tables and enjoy a, a big brunch together. Maybe we could pull it off one week. I don't know how to do that, but maybe we could do that. That would be kind of like what they did. We can't do that today, and we can't all gather around this table. It's not big enough. But today, what I wanted to do was to invite our, our ministry team on stage, our staff on stage, and I wanted to invite you to listen in to our table conversation because I wanted them to tell some stories of how they've seen Jesus in this moment at the table at communion. So I want to invite Rhonda and Grayson and Jason and Zach up, and we'll, we'll all kind of gather around this table this morning. Uh, you, you probably know this. If you've been around at all, you've, you've figured this out. Um, if not, I'll tell you. We have an incredible staff. Can I get an amen, somebody? Yeah. Um, I've been in ministry almost 20 years, and I can say hands down, this is my favorite staff, favorite group I've ever been blessed to work with. And I've been a part of some amazing places, some amazing teams. But you this, say that to all the staffs. This, <laughs> but this team is really special. No, they are. We're so blessed at Riverside, and I just want to say that uh, in front of them and to you guys. Uh, what, what you may not know is we gather every week, and we, every week when we gather, we, we, we talk. We talk about this church. We pray. We read scripture. But we also do one other important thing, at least in the last few weeks, and I thought we would start with this. We always start with a March Madness bracket update to see who's winning the office bracket. 
And that's Grayson's job. So, Grayson, would you want to just share with the church kind of the standings of, of the, the ministry team, the staff, and who's maybe in the lead and who's not? So, currently, yeah, Rhonda has the trophy. But that's last year. That's yeah. old news. That's last year. She picks teams based on mascots. Yeah. Count. I, I will say the, the, the one person who hasn't gotten any picks wrong is Zach because he was on his honeymoon while the, the bracket was open. Didn't fill one out. I don't know why. Um, but, yeah, this year it's Corey. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Yeah, it's, um, it's Corey. Yeah, Probably my, because he picked his team to go all the way and... Well, they didn't last night, but <laughs> sorry about that. Um, so at the table, we, Lord, yeah. help me love who you love. The way That's right. <laughs> that breath prayer really comes in handy. I think yeah. we need to say that Jason and Grayson usually don't get to sit by each other either in staff meetings. This, this, this whole setup's dangerous. <laughs> We're already proving that. This, this is not. Let's, let's bring you back together. <laughs> so we are here to talk about something uh, a little more important. Uh, Jesus. How have you seen Jesus at the table? We got to do this last week, and it was a great conversation. I wish I could have just recorded that, but we're going to try to reenact it and have it again. Zach, I want to start with you. Would you just maybe share a story of, of how you've seen Jesus at the table? So I feel like uh, I have a similar story to a lot of us that grew up in a Church of Christ background. And I grew up in a small little church in West Virginia, and it was, you know, had one of those dark wooden tables that said, like, do in remembrance of me. And, uh, it was always, I remember, like, you know, when the prayer was said and the treasure being passed, I mean, you head down, like, you know, you didn't make a peep or your mom was going to slap you across the head. I mean, like, you just had to look in the corner of the eye to see when you were going to get the tray. And it was more of a somber moment. You're always remembering, like, just the, the agony and the death and his sacrifice, which is all things that we need to remember. And we, you know, I can never imagine what that was like. And that's a huge part of my faith and our faith. But this table is uh, something different. It's it celebrates the resurrection. And uh, three years ago, what, what really brought this home for me was three years ago, I was blessed with the opportunity to go to Jerusalem and partake of the Lord's Supper at the Garden Tomb on Easter Sunday. And it's, it's an experience that I'll never forget because uh, I remember being there, the place most likely where Jesus was buried and was raised. There's people from all around the world that just had the joy of the resurrection on their face. You can help us see it. And it made us, uh, we, when we were taking communion there in the garden, we, we read a story from Luke 24. Uh, it was the story of the road to Emmaus, where the two disciples are walking along the road, and Jesus comes up, but they don't recognize Jesus. And Jesus is like, well, who's this Jesus guy? And they're like, how do you not know? I'm like, are you, have you lived under a rock? And they, they, can, they explain to Jesus what happened, and, but they, they don't recognize who it is. And so they continue on this journey along this road, and as they start getting close to Emmaus, Jesus is like, are you guys serious right now? Like, how, do you forget what I taught you? Do you? Did you forget all these things that the prophet talks about? And he starts teaching them from like the book of Moses all the way through. And they had this burning in their heart, but they still didn't recognize him. And it's when they invited him to stay the night. And in verse 28, it says, by this time they were nearing Emmaus in the end of their journey. Uh, Jesus acted as if he were going on. But they begged him, stay the night with us since it is getting late. So he went home with them. And as they sat down to eat, as they sat down and gathered on the table, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. And suddenly their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And at that moment he disappeared. So all, all through my upbringing, I was like, you know, always had my head down, eyes closed. But this, this story right here shows us that we see Jesus around the table. 
And though he is not physically in a man form here with us, we see him in each other. And so there's times to remember the death and the, the, you know, the death and the agony and the sacrifice. What if we started looking up a little bit more so in our time of communion and just saw Jesus in each other and had those faith conversations? And I just got to see that in my time in the garden tomb. But that's, that's my story where I've seen Jesus. Yeah, I, I love that. I mean, to, to see Jesus at a graveside is one thing, to see him in the actual tomb, the garden tomb. Uh, where tradition says uh, he was buried and he rose again. What a powerful, a powerful moment. R- Rhonda, how about you? I know you've got a little different story. Mine is a little different. Um, I was on sabbatical, as some of y'all know, past several weeks, and um, it was just a time for me to gather around the table with Jesus. And sometimes it was a table for two. It was just me and Jesus reconnecting, remembering. And sometimes it was a table with other people around it where we're sharing a meal and talking about the goodness of the Lord. Um, but what really impacted me, it was the end of my sabbatical after I'd had these, just this amazing time with the Lord. I, um, I started working with a group volunteering called Grace Like Rain over my sabbatical doing birthday parties. And it was a birthday party day. We had been to altitude. We had thrown this fun, fun party. And um, we were leaving. And typically when we go, it's, it's in kind of not the greatest neighborhood. And so we take my car because my car fits in with the not, as, not nice neighborhood. <laughs> Um, but we were in my sister-in-law's car that day, and it's, I mean, you notice it when you see it. And so we were driving out of the parking lot, and as we started pulling out, a woman was coming towards us, and she had that look on her face like, we've all experienced to where I need to get in my car so I can bust out crying and not have to talk to anybody. And I looked at my sister and she, my sister-in-law, and she looked at me, and I was like, I got to roll down my window. And so I rolled down my window. I had to change mics because I'm on this side of the car. I rolled down my window and I looked at the woman and I said, are you okay? And she immediately just lost it in the parking lot, came over to the door and and my hand was kind of on the the window where the window would come down. And she grabbed my hand and she said, I'm not okay. I'm about to lose my home. My son got arrested with my kids in the car for selling Mm -hmm. marijuana. And now I've got my grandkids and I'm trying to, you know, provide them with daycare while I work at my job doing lawn care. And I'm about to lose my house. And I just, I just, I mean, I didn't have any money and I couldn't Venmo her. So I was like, I don't have any money, but can I pray for you? And she immediately was like, yes, please pray. My name's Jennifer. Please pray for me. So I prayed for her. And, um, and afterwards I said, I know somebody that can help you. Like there's an organization. They help people just like you, moms and dads and families. They try to keep them together so they don't lose their houses. And, and so families can stay together. And I gave her that information. And about that time, my sister-in-law said, I've, I've got $40. It's your mom's, my mom's. But she's like, here, give it to her. And so I gave her the money, and we said, get you some food and call them on Monday. It was the weekend, so she had Sunday um, before she could call on Monday. And I don't know the end of her story, but when, when, when we said that, she just, she just had this look after we prayed of just a peace over her because she had remembered that hope. And this is not a story about me because I had a choice, and I almost made the wrong one. We, all, we could have driven away, and I had that thought in my head of, let's just keep going. But sometimes Jesus invites us to the table, and we have to accept. And sometimes there are times in our lives where we're in community, and we're not seeing Jesus, and we need somebody to take our hand and walk with us to Jesus. Or sometimes we need to take, somebody needs to take our hand and walk us to the table to remind us of Jesus. And I don't know 
the end of her story, and I probably never will, but I know my story. It changed me when I came to the table the next day at church, and I heard, welcome to the table of the Lord. We're all welcome here, but sometimes we need help getting there, and so that's kind of my story. Yeah, that's powerful. Thank you, Bonnie, for sharing that. Sometimes we see Jesus when we least expect it, but we have to be willing to do that, so. Grayson, I know you got another take, another opportunity or time you saw Jesus. Yeah, so um, I guess it was about five or so years ago, I had an opportunity to go uh, on a retreat of sorts with some youth minister buddies of mine. And before kind of the official retreat started, we were out in Colorado. So we were like, hey, let's take advantage of this and go skiing. So we did. I'm not a great skier, but I had a good time. Um, Didn't get super injured, which is great. Um, well, it, it was Sunday morning, and we were, we're like, well, we only have a couple days, so let's just go ahead and, and, and get on the slopes this morning. And one of my youth minister buddies was skiing with a backpack. I didn't really know what, what was in it. You know, I figured it was just snacks or, or something like that. And, well, we get to the top of the lift. We took the, the big lift all the way up. And over to our left, there was this random picnic table. Uh, it was just kind of off in the snow, kind of near the, the woods, the tree line. And... Um, my friend opened his backpack and said, hey, I've got the emblems. I've got the juice. I've got the, I've got the crackers. Let's, let's, let's have communion here on this mountaintop. And it was such a cool moment. For me, it was completely unexpected. Uh, I, I thought, you know, all right, I was getting kind of nervous. You know, we're, we're, we're skiing. I'm not a great skier. I don't have much practice with this. And so my brain was not even in, oh, it's Sunday morning. This is, this is kind of like what we do. Uh, but luckily, my, my buddy was, was prepared, and we sat down at that table that kind of seemed like to come out of nowhere. You know, we had gone up that lift before, and I didn't notice that table. I, you know, maybe Jesus just plopped it right down there, you know, for <laughs> us. But we, we sat around that table, me and three or four of my, my buddies, and we, we shared in communion. And it was such a cool moment for us to be able to share what was going on in our individual ministries and share the struggles that... Um, you know, that we kind of would understand as, as youth ministers and be able to pray over one another. And the way, you know, the way I saw Jesus at the table that day was in some of my friends. You know, it was just the, the embodiment of, of Jesus in their spirit that day. Not to mention having communion in one of the most gorgeous places uh, on top of a mountain covered in snow. Uh, I, for, for me, seeing Jesus in those people and seeing people, Jesus in the surroundings uh, was just such a such a powerful moment for me, and I'll never forget that. Yeah, that's awesome. As we were telling these stories last week, we kind of realized something was happening. Um, you know, here it is: Zach sees Jesus in a in, a, in an empty tomb, and then Grayson sees Jesus on a mountaintop, and then Rhonda sees Jesus in a person she's never even met before, and then Jason had just the the complete uh, rest of that story to tell to tell how how he's seen Jesus in a, in a different way. So Jason, why don't you share that? Yeah, it's hard to pick a story about Lord's Supper, right? Because I've had so many, so many incredible opportunities to, to take with people of faith. I could tell so many stories about being in this room with so many of you and, and, and how that has changed me or formed me and things I'm thankful for in that. Uh, but I'm not going to do that. Um, I'm going to pick another one. Um, One of the things I have found in my life is that I have to be reminded that this table that we gather around isn't just about this moment. 
that when Jesus instituted this meal, that he was giving them, his disciples, a way to live where they couldn't see him all the time physically. He was preparing them for life when he was, when he was gone. Um, he was preparing them not just for moments of communion, but for all of life. Mm-hmm. And so there was, there was a moment early on in, in uh, Jackie and I's marriage where we were part of a small group at a church that was just an incredibly formative time for us. This group was mainly couples of all different ages, retired, middle-aged, us who were just out of college, um, a fantastic group of people. We met on Sunday nights in people's homes, and one of the things we did together is we took, we took communion. We took Lord's Supper uh, most times that we met. And I remember one time in particular, we were at my friend Floyd's house, and we were, we were sitting around the kitchen table, and we were eating. We were just eating our, our regular meal. It was a smaller group that night. We were having a fantastic conversation, just the normal stuff that when you share life with somebody that you, you kind of you, you talk about. You know, we, we all knew what was going on in each other's lives, so we were kind of catching up and having those kind of conversations. And in the middle of that, Floyd reaches over to the counter, which is right here, and he, and he grabs the bread for, for communion that he'd already had prepared. And he takes a piece of it, and he just kind of starts passing it around the table. Now, we're good church folks, so we know that means be quiet, right? As soon as that, that comes on the table, you just you hush up. And when we did, he said, no, 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 y'all keep talking. Y'all keep talking. So we did. We kept, so whoever was talking kept telling their story, and, and the next person took the bread, and the next person, and it went around. And then Floyd just ate his, and so the rest of us followed suit, and we ate ours. And then we, we're still talking, and he grabs the, the juice, and he pours some for everybody, and he drinks his, and so we drank ours. And a couple minutes later, he said, all right, um, I want to pray. I want to pray over what we just did. And he said the most beautiful prayer, thanking God for Jesus and all that Jesus had done for us, thanking God for this community of people that loved and supported and cared for each other. And in that moment, I, was, I personally was so thankful to have mentors and friends around that table that had changed me in the year that I had known them, had, had drawn me deeper into my faith. And I was so thankful for them. And then it, towards the end of his prayer, he said, and help us, help us as we go out into the world this week to see Jesus at the other tables we sit at. Mm-hmm. And that's when I realized what he had done, that he just wanted to do something organic in that moment that was born out of our meal. It was still a holy moment. It was still a, the, the ritual of doing communion together, but it was in preparation for us to go to every other table that we would go to during the week. And it struck me, I wanted, that had to be the same for the disciples, right? Every time they sat at a meal, they had to think about Jesus you know, breaking bread with them. It had to change every time. Jesus picked something so basic, so organic, so real, from then on, there are times that I think about that when I'm out at lunch with people from this church. There's times when I think about that sitting in here and, and taking communion together. About that time sitting at Floyd's table, being prepared to go out into the world to see Jesus at every other table I would sit at that week. The night that Jesus started this, it was, it was Passover. It was a moment when the entire nation of Israel would, would stop and they would gather at tables uh, their, their, their tables would be filled with family and kids and friends, and, and there would be a host at the table that would retell the story. And at this moment in time, the story was the story of the greatest moment in their history, the story of the Exodus. 
the story of the moment that God delivered the people of Israel from Egyptian bondage uh, into the promised land, from darkness to life, uh, from slavery into freedom. And it was this moment that everything on the table had a purpose. Every cup had a purpose. Every, every, every piece of food had a purpose to remind them and to retell the story again of what God had done, the salvation story. But this night, as Jesus is preparing to be arrested and then crucified, he gathers with his disciples, and he's the host. But he doesn't retell an ancient salvation story. He tells the future one. He doesn't talk about what God has done. He, he talks about what God is about to do. He makes this story that's supposed to be about the Exodus all about him. And in Matthew tells the story this way. He says in Matthew 26, verse 26, he says, as they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. And then he broke it into pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, and this is what would have rocked their world because they didn't see this coming. He said, take this and eat it, for this is my body. And then he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. And he gave it to them and he said something else they didn't expect. Each of you drink from it, for this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It's poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. And right here, Jesus tells us exactly why he's about to do what he's about to do. He tells us why he's about to go and endure the cross. He tells us why he, he moved from heaven to earth. He tells us why he was willing to go and to endure the humiliation he was about to face. Right here, he says it. To forgive the sins of many. So that you could know when you come to this table, you can see Jesus at the table and you can share this story. And this is the story. This is what we remember. This is what we see. When we see Jesus at the table, we can remember that we are forgiven and we are free. It's a new story of deliverance. It's a new story of salvation. And whenever we come to this table, wherever we come to this table, whoever we gather with, this is a story that we tell over and over and over again, that we are loved with the greatest love the world has ever known, and that because of what Jesus did, we are forgiven, and we are free. So this morning, we want to do something a little different, and we've, we've done this before, so if you've been around, you know what to do, and I want to encourage you to help those who maybe this might be new for them. In just a moment, I want to say a, a short prayer, and uh, we're going to, we're going to be dismissed to these six tables around the room. And there'll be a communion host at each table to, to help serve you. And at each table, there is bread and there is a cup and there are the emblems there to remember the body and the blood of Jesus. And what I want to invite you to do in this moment is I want to invite you to, to see Jesus at the table, to see him in the bread, to see him in the cup, to see him in each other. And to remember that, once again, you are forgiven and you are free. And everyone's welcome at the table. It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. It doesn't matter what you think you've done that makes you not worthy to be at the table or where you've been or what you did last week. It doesn't matter how bad you think you are, how good you think you are. I'll remind you, you're coming to a table when, when Jesus sat at this table 2,000 years ago, Judas was there. And he knew, and Judas knew. Read the text before what I just read. Everybody knew what was about to go down. Peter was there, who was about to deny him three times. 
The other disciples were there who were about to abandon Jesus. Jesus taught us over and over again. Absolutely everybody is welcome at his table where he is the host because it's a place where you can remember that you are forgiven and you are free. It's a place where we tell the story again that because of what Jesus did, we are forgiven and we are free. So I want to invite you to go to these tables and there'll be some music playing in the background. Feel free to to talk to each other and to remind each other of this truth. You are forgiven. You are free. Feel free to hug each other and love each other. See Jesus in each other in this moment. When you're done, just make your way back to your seats. We'll end with a couple of songs and a closing thought. But what I want us to do in this moment is I want us to have an experience at a table where we can go and where we can remember what Jesus did for us. So let's do this. If you would, let's stand together and let's pray. God, we come before you in this moment, and we're asking you to open our eyes and to help us see Jesus in this moment, to see Jesus at the table and to share the story once again of your great love for us. Jesus said it best, God, you so loved this world that you gave your one and only son so that whoever believes in him would not perish, but experience, would have, would know eternal life. And God, in this moment, we come to this table and we want to tell the story of, again of your great love for every one of us. And we want to remember that because of Jesus, we are forgiven and we are free. Jesus, thank you for the cross. Thank you for your resurrection. Thank you for defeating death. Thank you that the gates of Hades could not contain the Son of the living God. Thank you for this moment where we remember that it's because of Jesus that we can stand here in this blessed assurance we have today that we have this eternal life because of Jesus. We pray in his name. Amen. If you would, make your way to the table.